Hello friends, it is Sean here. It is Thursday, it is the 19th of October. Thanks for clicking play. Great to have you with me as you and I are going to read, well, the first of a few chapters that run on into each other. And today, well, today is the super cliffhanger. Today ends in a very unsatisfactory spot. And in fact, this is quite the form of cruel and unusual treatment when this is where we're going to have to put down the book of Acts for this week, right on this cliffhanger when the the action is happening and Paul opens his mouth to speak and we are whisked away. Whisked away by the end of the chapter. So this is the the start of this fantastic series of events. Paul is one gutsy dude, and this is beautifully captured by Luke as we see how he engages that part of the world with the truth of Jesus' message, even when it is very, very unpopular. So let us enjoy this together. Let's read, friends. Acts chapter 21. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we sailed straight to the island of Kos. The next day, we reached Rhodes and then went to Patara. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed at the harbour of Tyre in Syria, where the ship was to unload its cargo. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to the shore with us. There we knelt, prayed and said our farewells. Then we went aboard and they returned home. The next stop after leaving Tyre was Ptolemaeus, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed for one day. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, The Holy Spirit declares... So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, Why all this weeping? You're breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Nason, a man originally from Cyprus and one of the early believers. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. The next day, Paul went with us to meet with James, and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. After hearing this, they praised God and then they said, You know, dear brother, 
How many thousands of Jews have also believed? And they all follow the law of Moses very seriously. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the law of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vow. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification ritual, so he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help us! This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. For earlier that day, they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed Paul had taken him into the temple. The whole city was rocked by these accusations, and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. Since he couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent, the soldiers had to lift him to their shoulders to protect him, and the crowd followed behind, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, May I have a word with you? Do you know Greek? the commander asked, surprised. Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of the assassins out into the desert? No, Paul replied. I am a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus in Sicilia, which is an important city. Please, let me speak to these people. The commander agreed. So Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic. Ah, Lord, the chutzpah of this man to be so bold as to speak your message in the midst of this crazy persecution of him. 
Ah, thank you that your message is one so worth sharing. I pray that you would grow our faith. That this message of your love and your transformative grace in our lives would seep deeply into our hearts and change us from the inside out. And that your message and your way would transform not just ourselves but our societies, that our world would be a place where your kingdom's priorities would be given the light of day, where your message of mercy and inclusion and grace could be a dominant voice, even if just for a moment. Lord Jesus, may your will be done here as it is in heaven. We just lift up each other in our Christian walk and the societies in which we live, that you would have your way, Jesus, that you would come in power and that your presence would make known your love for all people. We pray all this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.